So we try to educate people on, you know, what you're buying in stores, um, mm-hmm. you know, with, with fruits and vegetables specifically. A lot of fruits and veggies are labeled, to, or, you know, or, you know, labeled from society to be healthy. But if you eat them in the wrong form, raw, uncooked, out of season, et cetera, you could be exposing yourself to, to things that are, are causing you, you know, chemical imbalances in your body. Staying motivated takes work. If you don't work on your motivation, you become unmotivated. Join Umar Jang as he shares inspirational stories and tips to get you motivated to do whatever you need to do. This is the Motivational Voice Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Motivational Voice Podcast. This is session number 36. I hope you and your family are doing well. If this is your first time here, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. This is a great time to start listening. You picked a great episode to jump on board. On the other hand, if you are a regular listener, thank you very much for your loyalty and welcome back to another episode. Being a father of three boys and the primary breadwinner in my household, I know how busy life can get as a parent. And while being a parent can be wonderful and amazing, It can easily take over your life and force you to lose sight of other things that are equally important, like taking care of yourself, taking care of your health, taking care of your nutrition. But how do you find a healthy and safe way to exercise, have a balanced nutrition, and still have the time for your family? That's what today's episode is all about. If you've struggled with establishing good nutritional and healthy weight loss strategies as a busy parent, then this episode will be a game changer for you. I have the pleasure of talking to a wonderful power couple, Maverick and Sophie, whom you will get a chance to hear shortly about specific action steps you can take to reach a healthy weight and learn better eating habits. We have a lot to cover, so I'm going to leave it there and jump right into my interview with Sophie and Maverick. Let's listen. Sophie Maverick, welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you so Thank much, you. Omar. Happy to be here. Now it's great to have you. And uh, even though it's, uh, I know it's a little late on your end, there where you are, would you guys take a minute and just introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us what you do and, and who you are? Yeah, go ahead. Well, we are uh, Maverick Online Coaching. Uh, we are a couple. We have a... 10-month-old son as of now. And uh, essentially what we do is we work with women, uh, busy moms, professionals, and help them lose the weight, uh, build their confidence, and really just become a better version of themselves. We really, really enjoy helping others, essentially. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that separates us from other coaches in the industry, because um, we primarily we, we center on nutrition coaching and mm-hmm. and helping women in particular find a balance in their lives and escape the yo-yo dieting culture, the fad dieting culture, so that they can uh, have an answer for their busy lives, where they can eat foods they love, not deprive themselves, and mm-hmm. still get the results they want to see in the mirror and, and feel great in and out of their clothes, and just like she said, find that confidence again. Yeah, that's actually one thing that I wanted to ask you about. One thing that came to mind when I was preparing for the interview was how are you guys different from from other other coaches and, and other other fitness instructors and fitness professionals and what what sets you apart 
Well, I th- one of the, th- the problems with our industry is it's a good thing and a bad thing. There's no bar to entry. And that means you see a lot of people who are um, kind of claiming to be coaches and, and just really new and green and without a whole lot of experience. Um, what separates us is, you know, I've been doing this for many years and it's very personalized. It's very one on one. Um, another problem with the industry is you see a lot of higher level influencers with a lot of followers kind of giving out one size fits all type of plans. Um, and, and in my opinion, this kind of work needs to be very personalized and one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we do. We're very involved with our clients. We're very responsive, very communicative. So any need they have, any concern they have, any question they have, they have us to walk through them, walk, walk in this journey with them every step of the way, along with our community to support them as well. Our clients are not a number to us. Our clients are our family, our friends. Uh, we really, really develop our relationship with our clients clients get to know them, um, understand what their struggles are. Because a lot of times with uh, weight loss and confidence mindset, there's so much to a struggle besides just, I want to lose 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 40 pounds, 50 pounds. It's more of an internal struggle. So we try to Mm -hmm. get down to the nitty gritty of what they're dealing with. Um, And we have to, you know, be very, very mindful of the importance of that everybody has um, something that they're coming from, that they're coming from a different place. So we try to meet our clients uh, where they're at, um, whether they're a beginner and have no idea about what they should be eating or they've never stepped foot in the gym. uh, We will meet them where they're at and take them to the next level. Um, Maverick has worked with competition clients. um, So people that have so much experience in in the gym and, and want to just fine tune things. So we've worked with a variety of different types of women. For the average parent who may have a lot of things to juggle, you may have you know three kids running around, and of course with the the advent of COVID, things got a little a lot more complicated. And of course you have work, and and there's just so much going on nowadays in people's lives. And I'm sure you guys can identify with that. And you know having a ten month old running around. Uh, <laughs> How, what is the best way to get into working out and, and, and even the nutrition side of things without having to drop it, let's say, three months later or a few weeks later? Well, this is actually something that we talked about recently um, with a, a new client, a mother that came aboard and she said, you know, I'm a business owner. I'm a mother. How do I how do I balance this? And it's an interesting question because. For us, it, it comes second nature because it's something that we've been doing for so long. So it's become a habit. But for others, it makes sense because they're busy throughout the day. They haven't scheduled it. So I always recommend making a plan, making a schedule, and trying your your best to stick to it. Uh, so Maverick and myself, we have a whiteboard, and every evening. We write the schedule for the next day. It includes all of our um, work engagements and it it includes Maverick going to the gym. It includes me going to the gym, anything to do with our son. We write all of it on there and we try to stick to it as best as possible. And when you plan, uh, it allows you to get more done. So we always recommend to start to set a plan and slowly try to commit to it day after day after day. And um, in the beginning, it can be somewhat difficult uh, if you're not used to it, but over time it becomes second nature and and somewhat of a habit. 
Now that being said, uh, you can plan all you want. And when you have a tip, when you have a 10 month old, sometimes it kind of doesn't work out that way. So the biggest thing we stress with people is, you know, life's going to happen. And mm-hmm. if you have a plan, if you have someone working with you and giving you uh, some guidance with your nutrition, with your training, whatever it is, um, when life inevitably happens, you have that to go back to. It's kind of like the, re- the analogy I give is if you're in a new town and you're trying to find the grocery store and you're driving there from the hotel and you don't have Google Maps, if you make a wrong turn, you kind of have to turn right back around and go back to the hotel. But if you have Google Maps, if you make a wrong turn, it's not a big deal. You just get right back on track and go to the grocery store. It's kind of how, it, how we kind of we're kind of like the Google Maps of fitness. Like if you, <laughs> you know, when li- life's going to happen regardless, at least you have something to go back to when you get off the path a little bit. So. Um, building that mindset around, I think a lot of people, one of, one of the biggest issues is people, um, the, the current industry has developed a mindset of instant gratification and all or nothing. And that sets people up for failure because they try to do an overnight overhaul of their habits. And what we try to emphasize is it's small changes. Like if you're just getting started, if you're just getting started and you're just wanting some direction, start small. What can you commit to and complete? Small things like I'll go to the gym one time this week or I'll, I'll get in one workout from home. I'll go on two walks this week. Small things you know you can complete so that when you actually do follow through and complete those, you build trust with yourself to make more commitments the next week and more and more and more. Over time, you build that trust. And then before you know it, you're doing 10, 20 new things that you weren't doing before, but it takes time to build those things. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges people have is they try to make a huge overhaul of their habits instead of just committing slowly. Yeah, that's very interesting. I think what you both said one around the taking things slow and the other having a a plan and knowing that life will happen. Can you give an example where someone can apply this? Let's say I plan on going to the gym, which did happen yesterday. I plan on going to the gym, but ended up having to take my son to urgent care and didn't, I ended up not working out yesterday. So is it more having a contingency plan to say, well, that failed. What can I do to replace that workout? Is it that kind of thing? Or can you think of a, another example? I think a lot of times people, like when life happens, like you said, and, and things don't happen as planned, um, it's they lose sight of, of the big picture, which is you're an accumulation of your habits. You're not the result of one or two bad days. So, and this happens all the time with our clients. They'll have a check-in and they're like, oh, you know, I, I did terrible on my on my nutrition plan this week. Or, or today even. I did terrible my nutrition plan today. I feel like I'm failing you. And I said, well, I'll say, look back at your entire month, you know, because we keep logs of everything. We can, we, we see their food and their training. We say, look back at the last 30 days of those 30 days. You had what, maybe five off days. You're well within the range of having way more good days than bad days. And when they kind of look at that big picture, they're like, okay, so I'm, yeah, I am doing pretty well. I'm and much better than I was before when the majority were days I didn't even have a plan. Now I have direction and the majority of my days are good. So just having that big picture mindset, I think helps as well. I think a lot of people are used to, if they go off plan or um, let's just say, you know, they binge all weekend on food that they shouldn't have been eating. uh, Hmm. Often enough, they feel like they've been completely derailed. And so at that point, they're like, oh, well, what's the point? With with what we do, we try to remind them, encourage them that everyone's gonna everyone's gonna have a mess up. It's gonna happen. We have mess ups. Like that's that's normal life. Um, so the point of that being is that you don't allow a mess up to derail you or to discourage you. You recognize it for what it is, and then you get right back on plan the next day, and you you know do the things that you know, will get you to your goals. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I think 
that's exactly where my mind was going, which is you you start doing something and you fail at it and you just throw your hands and say, you know what, let's just, why am I even trying? I think most people don't realize that it takes a while. And according to actually research, it takes, I think, 66 days or something like that to make a habit stick and actually become a good habit. But people give up within the first, what, two weeks of the year when they make commitments to go to the gym and work out and be happy. the gym in January. (laughs) January, um, I'll never, I mean, this year in particular, the gym was packed in January. The first week of February was almost empty. So (laughs) that tells you right there how how habits tend to stick with with most people. And how profitable the gyms are in January. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's an interesting. Now, for a concrete example, if, if there's a parent that maybe they just have a, a lot on their plate, kids, like I said, maybe they have a, a few kids and just are very busy with work and everything, and they haven't worked, worked out in, or even focused on their health in, in a while, how can they easy, easily or slowly ease into trying to take up a, a habit? I know you talked about you know, take it slow and maybe pick up a habit here and there slowly. Um, but what does it look like long-term to be able to stay on that? Well, we actually encourage a lot of our clients that haven't been in the gym in a while or are not ready to, to make that step to do a lot of outside activity, meaning just make sure that you're physically active throughout the day. So if that means going on a few 10-minute walks throughout the day, uh, right after your meal, uh, that's helpful. If that means taking the kids and letting them bike ride while you jog next to them, that's wonderful. If that means you know taking the dog for a walk or um, going up and down the stairs rather than using the elevator, whatever you can do to make your body move essentially and um use the nutrients that you're giving to it yeah starting small i mean um i think again people get overwhelmed with what's best and they haven't even really tried anything and it it takes time like you said umar to, to to see results so start with something what can you do you know and and you don't i know a lot of people don't want to go to the gym and that's fine too there's so much stuff you can do at home um, but the key is just finding something and, and trying it and not worrying about what's best or what's optimal because the, the main thing is that you're, you're, you're a body of, of work. Like your body depicts what you habitually do. So like she said, she made a great point because um, if you're sedentary majority of the time, even if you go to the gym an hour a day, if you're sedentary the other 23 hours, your body's going to depict that. It's not going to depict someone who goes to the gym an hour. It's going to depict someone who's sedentary for 23 hours of the day. So just being more active overall, finding something that's, that's fun, getting out, getting on your feet. If you work a sedentary job, that can be a little more challenging and you may have to be extra active on some days than you are others. But yeah, I I just start small. And and like I said, have small commitments that you know, you can follow through on and, um, and get started with just, just so that, that journey of a thousand miles can begin with that first step. Is there anything that uh, you found common in, in the people that you work with and people that come to you um, that uh, that should be relatively easy to deal with or just a, a tip that uh, something that surprises you, uh, but you see all the time in, in people? Yeah. So like, like something to get people kind of started quickly um, in their journey. So um, 
we, we, st- we kind of build from like the ground, like ground zero, right? If someone's brand new, has never tracked food before or anything like that, we say, okay, first thing we're going to focus on is your food choices. So obviously we want to start to minimize our processed food. If you're in the grocery store, just to make it as simple as possible, stay out of the center of the grocery store, stay on the outside where all the produce is. <laughs> let's do that first, right? If you, if you're completely just new to everything. So let's start to cut, you know, start to cut out things. And I never recommend cutting things completely. Like if we have like an avid Coca-Cola, a drinker. That's fine. Let's not cut it out completely because food addiction is just as strong as any other addiction out there, if not the strongest, because we're born needing that. So, we're, you know, we're born, we're not born needing alcohol or drugs. We're born with an inherent need for food. So cutting off something and, and the food industry makes these foods to be addictive. They have ingredients in them that are, are addictive. So um, I never say, you know, cut it out completely. Let's taper it off, keep it in a little bit. And then at the end of the day, keep it in, in, in amounts that you enjoy to where it's not derailing you and you can still get to your goals. Because again, it's, there's no inherent food that's causing obesity. There's no, there's no ingredient that's causing obesity. It's the overindulgence of those things that's mm-hmm. causing people to, to uh, be unhealthy and, and, and have excess body weight. So if you can find a way, this is the key, for, this is where the coaching really comes in. If you can find a way for each person to help them enjoy things they love, don't feel shame, don't feel guilt, enjoy them in in moderation and still progress and get results, then you've really found the ticket because they haven't had to completely change their life and cut out things they enjoy completely to get those results that they want to see. Are you telling me that I have to throw out my Oreo cookies? I mean, (laughs) maybe, maybe like just have a little bit, you know, just have a little bit, not, not the whole box. I think with foods like that, um, you just have to, have again it goes back to to kind of planning so i know for me personally if i have a favorite snack in the house it is going to be slowly eaten throughout the week mm-hmm. however so if i don't have that snack in the house but i plan ahead and i say okay well on wednesday night as we normally do we're going to have a cheat meal we're going to get tacos we're going to eat some cookies and ice cream and i get those things specifically for that night then i don't get derailed throughout the the week because I have, you know, the normal foods that we are going to eat. And then we have our indulgence foods, which we highly encourage people to still enjoy the foods that they love because cutting that stuff out completely, like Maverick said, it's just not sustainable. It's not something that you're going to be able to do for your entire life. So that is more of a a diet rather than a lifestyle. And what we're trying to encourage is more of a healthy lifestyle that you can follow for the rest of your life that you can apply to not only yourself, but your family, your kids. Uh, It's something that everyone can do and participate in. And it's sort of like a 80, 20, 70, 30 type rule. Yeah. And I think one, one thing that misses the mark a lot in this industry is one thing you can never get from a nutrition plan is it's not just those foods that are derailing people. It's the feelings associated around those foods and the feelings and situations leading mm-hmm. to the overindulgence of those foods. And, and looking at that, it's what, what asking yourself and becoming mindful of, you know, why did I eat the whole bag and not just a handful <laughs> of chips? What was the feeling before the feeling? Were you, were, was it stress? Was it overwhelm? Was it relationship stress? Was it fear? What, I mean, what is driving that need to cope and escape that feeling using food? Because when you eat those foods and you, it, it, you don't feel those bad feelings temporarily, it's an escape. It's, a, it's, it's hiding from their actual feelings. So it can be uncomfortable to think about that. But once people connect those dots and are able to identify 
okay, I'm, I'm doing this habitually because I'm really stressed out about work. I'm really stressed out about my partner, you know, whatever it is. Once they, once you bridge that gap, then they can actually rewire and change the behavior instead of just saying, don't eat that. That's bad for you. That's, that's not enough. Uh, Now you mentioned some normal foods and some, and I love the term uh, indulge, indulgement food or indulging food. It sounds better than cheat meal. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, Now, what are some of the biggest culprits when it comes to unhealthy food? Um, well, we, we try to, we're really big on gut health in our, in our, what we do. And that means reducing inflammation. So we try to get people to uh, minimize or, or avoid foods that are inflammatory to the body. Um, a lot of times that comes from processed foods. A lot of times that comes with foods that are high in, in toxins, phytochemicals, lectins, So we try to educate people on, you know, what you're buying in stores, um, you know, with, with fruits and vegetables specifically, a lot of fruits and veggies are labeled to, or, you know, or, you know, labeled from society to be healthy. But if you eat them in the wrong form, raw, uncooked, out of season, et cetera, you could be exposing yourself to, to things that are, are causing you, you know, chemical imbalances in your body. So fruit's a big one. You need to eat it. You need to eat it in season. When you eat out of season fruit, it, there, there's higher toxin amounts in the fruit because the parent plant is trying to protect its young, which is the seed from predators from eating, which is a whole botany lesson I don't want to get into. But um, in season fruit is is where where it's at. And then with with veggies, especially cruciferous veggies like broccoli, asparagus, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, um, eating the raw form of those can sometimes be harmful as well. I mean, that case in point, if anyone ever eats raw broccoli, they get a lot of bloating and gas. That is not normal. That's your body trying to tell you you're eating something inflammatory. So it's better to cook those veggies for 20, 30 minutes and reduce that lectin content and make them more digestible. So just simple stuff like that, that people don't really know or think about, or, or you know, this information isn't really readily, readily available. Um, stuff like that, grass-fed dairy and meat versus grain-fed. Um, just we really try to help people um, decrease inflammation, not only for themselves, but their, but their kids and their family as well, so that they can benefit and um, avoid inflammation because inflammation is, is something that causes chronic issues. So mm-hmm. if we can nip that in the bud, we're, we're doing a good thing. There's such a misconception, uh, around healthy foods versus non-healthy foods. And what I mean by that is, is that we look at the gut as it, it's called your second brain. And it is for a reason because it actually can affect, uh, your mood, depression, um, the inflammation in your body. It, it affects so much your sleep, stress. um, stress levels, whether you, you know, hold water or not. So with that being said, um, there are so many different vegetables where if you don't cook them properly, they're actually doing you more harm than good. Um, so many people just accept that they have gas, bloating, um, Uh, indigestion, all of these things, but those things are actually not normal. Those are things that your body are saying, Hey, something's wrong here. So we don't just tell our clients, Hey, you need to eat this, this, and this. We actually educate them as to why so that they can take that information and use it for their entire life, t- telling them how to properly cook certain vegetables um, to decrease inflammation, um, telling them, you know, what sort of uh, things to consume as far as to benefit your gut health and decrease, um, you know, increase prebiotics, probiotics in the gut, um, decrease bad bacteria and, and things of that nature. Um, and essentially that helps a lot of people not only feel better and allows them to lose weight, but also, um, it helps their, their mind. They have less brain fog. Um, they feel more energized, more motivated. Um, it really has so many benefits. 
the challenge we have is making all that sound sexy because <laughs> people want to hear, you know, people want to hear, oh, I'm, I want to, I'm going to lose weight fast. That's right. what people want. We're competing with the, the, the detox teas and the, the ketos and the, the Adkins and the Weight Watchers. We're competing with competitors, quote unquote, that promise much faster results with much less effort. Mm-hmm. The reality though, is those results don't stay no. They hardly ever are sustainable. And, and that's when, you know, we get the, we get the, the, um, the after effects of that after someone's already tried those and failed, usually they come our way and then we have to repair the damage that was done. And so we try to help people be proactive to where they don't have to go through that trial and error and that, uh, that feeling of failure that comes with those methods. We yeah, have very interesting. Uh, go ahead, Sophie. Uh, I was just going to say, we have so many clients that have tried certain fad diets um, multiple times. And uh, it was very upsetting to them because they would lose the weight and feel really good about themselves. As mm-hmm. soon as they stopped the fad diet, they would go right back to where they were. They would gain all of the weight back or worse um, or worse. So that's why we call it yo-yo dieting um, is because the diets themselves are not something that you can st- sustain for life. Cutting out a complete food group such as carbohydrates, which is necessary for your body is not something that you can do for your entire life. So yo-yo dieting essentially is saying, you know, you're doing it for a period of time and then you're stopping. Um, the problem is, is once you stop the results also diminish. So, uh, what we try to do is, uh, to help them to realize that they have to change their lifestyle, not diet, but actually make a lifestyle change, um, in order to see results and be able to keep those results for their life. Yeah, I know that's very interesting. I don't hear a lot of, of, uh, fitness professionals talking about how to cook food properly and in-season foods. I think this is very insightful because it shows that, uh, yeah, clearly people are, are doing things wrong because I, I, I often find or hear people say, well, I'm eating a lot of bro- broccoli. That's why my, you know, I'm, I have a lot of gas or this or that. And you saying that makes complete sense to me now that obviously some food, foods have to be prepared a certain way and have to be eaten in certain seasons. But one thing I wanted to, to, to bring up is, or, play the, the devil's advocate here is some listener may, may hear this and say, you know, that's great, but why can't I just uh, maybe use a pill or something like that to help me lose weight? Is that something that's healthy or is that maybe the right approach? What do you think? So, I mean, so when it comes to, to, to pills and, and potions and stuff like that, <clears throat> um, you know, it, it's, it, you're not giving your body what it needs to achieve the changes that you're wanting to see in the mirror when it comes to the, what people don't realize is, and and what is so miscommunicated with mainstream nutrition advertising is it's not just about weight loss. It's about body composition change. At the end of the day, if you just focus on weight loss, you're going to yeah, sure. You lose some body fat, but you're going to lose muscle as well. And muscle is what provides the shape especially for women that they want to see in the mirror. When when women tell me their goal is to feel better in and out of their clothes, they want their clothes to fit better. They want to go down dress sizes. They want to be able to wear a backless dress and, and feel confident about their body. That comes from having muscle tissue. 
that's what provides the shape to your body. And the problem with only focusing on weight loss and seeing a different number on the scale is number one, the, the number on the scale is, is irrelevant in many ways to the, what you're trying to produce in the mirror. Yes. Some people need to drop a few pounds before they're going to see those changes. But during that process, if you don't also add muscle tissue to your body, you're going, you're not going to have any shape remaining after you do, after the weight loss is done. So if you just take a pill, just, just, or do a fad diet or any extreme method, just, to, just for the sake of seeing a different number on the scale, number one, you're not learning anything. And number two, um, you're, you're not providing your body the, the nutrients it needs to create the changes you want to see in the mirror. You need certain nutrients for your body to produce those changes. I mean, your, your metabolism is like a fire. You have to fuel the fire. Your thyroid needs certain nutrients to be able to function in your thyroid gland is the thermostat of your metabolism. So if you don't have both of those things, getting the fuel they need, you can't produce the fat loss. You can't produce the lean tissue gain that you're wanting to see in the mirror. Um, so I, th I think that just focusing solely on weight loss is one of the biggest mistakes that people make. And in their defense, how could they focus on anything else? Because it's all you see in the grocery store checkout aisle is the magazines that say, lose 40 pounds in three weeks. You know, it's like this and they're competing for whoever can make the most extreme claim. So then women try to play the now that now they're playing the comparison game. Why aren't my results like that woman's on the cover who likely didn't even use that product. They're just using her because she's a good after picture. You know, why, why am I, why am I not getting that? Maybe I should try that. Maybe what I'm doing isn't working because I'm not losing weight as fast as she is. So now they jump on that train and it's just a, a constant cycle, a perpetual cycle of being disappointed over and over. And in the process, not actually learning what works for you from a nutrition standpoint. If you take the quick fix, you're going to stay in that cycle by perpetually seeking the easy answer. You're making your life harder by perpetually trying to stay comfortable. You remain with the discomfort that is trying that, that is that you're trying to escape. So that's, that's my rant. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I mean, going off of what he <laughs> says, he makes an uh, amazing point. He always does, but going off of what he said, um, as far as like a magic pill, First of all, there's no magic pill that's just going to help. I mean, there's some extreme examples such as, um, you know, steroids and, and things of that nature, but then you're taking into consideration, you, you know, health risks with that. And, you know, anybody that truly wants to take the easy way out and not put in the work is weighing, you know, results against your long-term health there and, what we try to encourage people to do is to look at their health as a priority. So not only are they losing weight, feeling better about themselves, you know, when they look in the mirror, they feel great, but also they are putting their health first, meaning that decreasing chances for diseases. I mean, I can't tell you how many clients we have where after being in this program for three to six months, um, where they're on certain blood pressure medications, all sorts of things. And they come to us and they say, Oh my gosh, my doctor says I no longer have to take this. Like that is putting your health first and making a change in your life so that as you get older and you, you are more at risk for disease, you have less of a chance of de developing certain things like um, high blood pressure, diabetes, all of these things, because you are putting your health first through nutrition and through exercise. But again, <laughs> not sexy. Not sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really hard to convey all that in a Instagram post that people are scrolling through at the speed of light and get them to stop and say, oh, that sounds good. I might want to try that. It's, it's 
really that's the challenge we have. Right. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's why I have you get I had you guys on the podcast to share this message. <laughs> I don't think people actually right. have a chance to hear this. The people don't have time. It's like someone said that we have the attention of a goldfish nowadays. Yes. That you know we don't. I would really say not not even a goldfish anymore. Right. Wow. So. Especially with social media, it's just made their, our attention spans even shorter. We yeah. want instant gratification. We want to be entertained and that's it. Yeah, that, that's right. But Sophie, I wanted to touch on, on something that you said about working with women. Sure. Being a relatively new mom, have you run into any struggles in terms of uh, things that you, you notice about yourself or after you know, experience being a new mom? Um, if of course you, if you, you don't have to answer the question, but if you want to touch on that, no, I'd be glad to. Absolutely. I've come across so many struggles. Um, Maverick can attest to this. So uh, honestly, towards the end of my pregnancy, I just couldn't wait to get back. I, I did not feel comfortable. I, I was definitely, you know, there's, there's all different types of feelings during pregnancy. And I loved the, the fact that I was giving life. I loved, um, you, that we're bringing our, our son into the world, but I did not enjoy being pregnant. I did not enjoy gaining weight, feeling out of breath. Every time I walk up the stairs, being uncomfortable, not being able to exercise. Cause you have, you have women that, I mean, we've heard women say, I, I love being pregnant. Right. I, I love it. And they, and they do not her. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. So I was already planning at towards the end of my pregnancy. I was just like, okay, as soon as the doctor tells me that I can get back to working <clears> out, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And I, I set a time frame and all this stuff. Well, that goes out the window because you don't realize as a new mom, everything that's entailed with taking care of a newborn. Like you just don't. Um, and the other thing was, is that I am very, very self-critical. Um, and there had been multiple times throughout my postpartum journey where Maverick had to say, Hey, you're doing great. Be patient with yourself because in the back of my mind, I felt like because I had pre-planned and, and this might be a time where pre-planning is not always ideal. Um, but I had pre-planned, you know, exactly the time frame that I wanted to get back. And that's just not realistic. Um, what I can say with that struggle is it taught me patience. Mm -hmm. It taught me that if you do something the right way and you're patient with yourself, both your mind and your body, uh, you will be better off than if you try to rush and cut corners. Uh, Maverick did not allow me to do so. He kept me in line and it's not like, it's not like I, you know, can't do things for myself, but he was very, very encouraging in helping, um, me to still sustain, you know, uh, eat enough food so that I could breastfeed our son and not cut calories, um, in an extreme way just because I wanted to get back because that was not the, the right way to do it. And, you know, for some people it takes, a month. For some people, it takes years. Um, for me, it took 10 months, 10 months, or I would say nine months, nine months. Um, it took about nine months for me to get back down to uh, the rate weight I was originally at. And um, now it's a process of rebuilding muscle. I mean, your body is not the same in many aspects. But the other thing is, is that you have to just kind of give yourself a break and understand that you just gave life to another human being and be proud of what your body just accomplished. 
And um, I, I really truly believe in kind of patience and staying the course um, and just giving yourself a break at the end of the day. Yeah, no, that's very well said. Uh, I think if men had to give birth, then the world would be a different place. Couldn't do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna share a personal uh, personal story on that. It was, I think we were, we, I don't, I think we were like halfway through the pregnancy, and I was complaining one day, like like uh, you know, really, I mean, huge mistake. Um, I was complaining, and, and she was going through you know pregnancy and and everything that comes with that that I, we will never be able to imagine. And she's she's you know in a weak moment she said. If you were going through this, you would be the biggest pansy. And I was, and and it, it hit me at the at, at the time. I was like, no, I wouldn't. But in my in my head, I was like, you're probably right. I would definitely, I definitely would be. I could not do this. <laughs> I don't know how you're doing this. Yeah. So yeah, I I could I agree. I Man, I don't I don't think we can handle it. Yeah. No, that's a great story. My, my mom used to say when I was growing up, she would be like, I carried in my belly for nine months. How dare you not? You know, we would. She would always throw it out in our face. But anyway, no. Thanks for sharing that. That was a. I think people need to realize that they need to go easy on on themselves. And I don't have to tell you this, but you know the fact that your body has to, your pelvis has to reshape itself and and bring a human being in this world. That's just amazing to me. So so kudos to 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 all moms and to you. So um, you. I wanted to ask you both, what motivates you? Just uh, to do what we do and 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 help folks. I think that's. For me, um, I'm at a point now in, in, in what we do and in my life where I get, I, I'm doing something that brings me a lot of fulfillment and I'm doing something that enables me to uh, use the gifts and the knowledge I've acquired over many years to, to help people and make a difference and, and change people's lives. And I wake up every day looking forward to that. I wake up every day grateful for the opportunity to work and get to know people that we would have never met otherwise. And, and, you know, we have people in, in different countries, Canada, Hawaii. Um, we have people in uh, South America. We have people in the UK. Um, we've had people in India. So it's just, it's an amazing thing, an amazing opportunity we have to, to help people better their health, find more confidence, to help women get empowered. And then the community we've built of women supporting women is just phenomenal. I mean, people who have never met, who want each other to win no matter what. And it's just been amazing to watch and build. And um, for me, that's, that's motivation to just walk the walk, talk the talk and be a leader in, in everything that I do for, for our clients. I mean, so many of the clients that come to us are just kind of on their last leg with their confidence. They are struggling so much or have for a really long time. And it is so nice to know that we have the tools to help them and be able to help them where they get to a point. They say, I I love how I feel. I love what I see in the mirror. I love how confident I am. Um, I love that I know what I need to do with my nutrition. And seeing people truly change their lives by us giving them guidance and helping them is motivation enough for us. Yeah. And I, I would do this no matter what. I mean, this is, this is something that I would do. Um, even if it was, a uh, something that I got nothing in return for, I would still do it because I enjoy it fully. And, um, it's, but as far as what motivates us to be healthy and stay in shape, um, that changes for me over time. And, and now as a dad, I got to prepare for that little Titan. Who's going to, who's going to try <laughs> to take the throne and I got to be ready to kick his ass at any moment. So, 
I'm going to keep, uh, now my father and I competed for a very long time in, in, in weightlifting and in sports and, uh, just pushing each other. And I want that same relationship with him. I want to be able to have that special bond of being able to be physically active with him and, and teach him things and, and just kind of, um, you know, compete with him like I did with my dad. And, and I think that's a, that was a pivotal thing for me as a, as a son to have a role model like that. So that's, that's why I still, I still stay in shape. Cause I mean, I got her, I don't have to impress anyone else. So that's pretty much all. That's pretty much all I got. I think for me, um, I do love to feel good about myself. I like to feel healthy. Um, I like to feel, uh, like I can lift up my son for an extended period of time, no matter, you know, he's 25 pounds. Now I want to be able to lift him up when he's 50 pounds. Um, but more so than that, I think what originally got me involved with fitness was I, when I was younger, uh, college age, I struggled with depression and anxiety and I needed to find an outlet for it. So I, um, used the gym for it and it, proved to be such a great space for me. Um, still to this day, when I, you know, when I go and work out, I put my headphones in and I'm just focusing and grinding and that's kind of my me time. And I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I really do. So I think that there's uh, a place for everything. And in my life, um, fitness and the gym has been a, a place of sort of stress, stress relief and serenity. Now, how can people get in touch with you? Um, so we're pretty much on every platform as Maverick Online Coaching. So mm -hmm. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're on TikTok now. Um, we also have a website, uh, maverickonlinecoaching.com, mm -hmm. um, where you can see before, afters, testimonials, the works. Um, a lot of our clients uh, are up on there and tell you about their journey and their experience and everything. Yeah, Awesome. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, man, I just want to thank you for having us on, Umar. It's yeah, been a, a, it's been wonderful. a great chat. And, and, and I pleasure. think I, I, we appreciate it so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, same here. Great. No, thanks for coming on, on the show. I really appreciate it. I think people will take a lot out of what you guys shared here today. So thank you very much. Awesome. No, thank you. Thank you. That was my interview with Sophie and Maverick. What I liked about our conversation is that they talked about taking small steps and embracing the fact that you will have good days and you will have bad days. And that's okay. As long as you realize that overall, you are creating healthier habits for yourself. I like that because that's realistic, right? As a parent, we are very busy and it's unrealistic to think that you can go on a healthy diet plan or an exercise routine and be able to maintain that without ever, ever falling off the bandwagon. If you've gone from being very active pre-children to being sedentary, you may be in that situation because you keep thinking that someday you will find a way to be as active as you used to be. Instead of waiting, I would suggest that you do what you can now to improve your health. I would rather that you do a fraction of the things that you used to do than wait for things to go back to what they used to be. You and I both know that that's not going to happen anytime soon. When you have children, they become your priority. You become a parent first before anything else. So use the tips that you heard here today and start the journey to a slimmer, healthier you. You deserve nothing less. If you've enjoyed what you heard on the podcast today, do me a favor and rate the show. 
it really makes a big difference and it helps others discover the show so they can learn from it. Thank you. By the way, you can find the show notes for today's episode on my website at umarjang.com forward slash session number 36. That's session 36, one word. Thank you for sticking around and thank you for listening. I wish you a healthy and nutritious day. Until next time, please stay safe and motivated. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Motivational Voice Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Get show notes and the latest blog posts at omarjang.com.